Welcome to Views from Stadium Boulevard. I'm Harley Johnson. And I'm Hannah Harshi. And we're back for another week of your favorite Michigan sports podcast. And this week, obviously it's been a week. We have a lot to discuss. Um, we will, just so you guys know, we're going to be talking like a little bit of a tribute to Kobe at the end. I know that's on everybody's mind right now, and it's mm-hmm. not something we want to ignore or that we're going to ignore. Mm-hmm. We just figured it would make the most sense to put it at the end. Another important update, our AirPod update, and all of that is also going to be at the end. We're trying a little bit of a new structure, so we're going to go right into the Michigan basketball stuff, which is weird for us. It's a good point. Um, so we're going to start with Illinois, um, mostly because Hannah and I got to go to a game in 2020. Mm-hmm. First <laughs> game of the decade. First game of the decade together. Um, we lost 64 to 62. Um the only thing I can honestly remember from it was the missed free throws. I what were we like? Five, no, we twelve of no, twelve of twenty one. Right, that's what it was. I was like, I remember something. It was so something ridiculous, that. and yeah, that's, that's what, what it was. was. Yeah, no. So that game, it felt so just like. Michigan basketball like as it currently is like I can't say that much about it because it looked exactly the same as every other game has looked it was winnable we had a lot of open shots that we were missing but we were missing all of them so it never really felt like we were gonna win and even when the momentum did start to build a little bit towards the end you kind of just knew this is Michigan basketball and therefore we won't be winning what is that sound oh I think the air conditioning just went on (laughs) or like someone's breathing on us hopefully you guys can't hear that (laughs) but yeah just it it didn't look good. It wasn't a pretty game. It was like, Whoa. <laughs> literally, I thought it was my computer making I that like <sighs> sound, and I was like, when did it get so aggressive? <laughs> um, there's a multitude of things that we could have tied. I thought like we at least had a better chance of winning this game, um, just because of the way we were um holding Illinois, and um, it it just seemed. Like, defensively, we had some pretty good possessions, and it just kind of got killed by, again, our offense is tanked significantly since the Bahamas. Specific uh, free throws was a nightmare. We could have won this game, like, easily, and I'm, I can't remember what, I think we were at the line, like, what was it? three times with the last like minute or something i don't know if Mm -hmm. i just like pulling that from thin air but like it seems like it was um but we had like a bunch of times with less than like two-ish minutes left in the game where we were at the line and we missed like both uh, free throws at the line or we missed one and of a one-on-one and so there's just so many missed opportunities and like this game was like easy money in the bag um but we just fell flat again, and it just kind of sucked. And we also lost Isaiah again. <laughs> yeah, which was so, so sad. It got so quiet in there. And his poor little face. Because, so, he this was his first game back from a groin injury, obviously. And it was so loud Chrysler <laughs> erupted when his name was called. We were so excited to have him back, and he did look a little bit... Um, rusty at first just kind of maybe playing a little nervous and then he was starting to get back into his groove and he decided to dunk and re-injured himself and he looked heartbroken chrysler was silent it was genuinely sad it was so sad like you just feel bad for him as a human being at that point like Mm -hmm. i don't even care about michigan basketball i just you see his face and you're like oh my gosh the poor kid like maybe you should like hold off on those for a little bit 
Isaiah. Yeah. Like, maybe just for, like, a little while. Um, obviously, a lot of us were like, okay, so he just re-injured himself again, but I don't think um, it was as serious as the first time. I mean, he's still going to be out probably just as a precautionary thing. We don't really want him back. I mean, we obviously do want we him do back, want him but, back. like, we don't want him back too soon, you know what I'm saying? Um, just, um, I think it was more in his hip area this time, so it'll be a different kind of rehabilitation um, therapy kind of process. Obviously, it's heartbreaking for him, it's heartbreaking for us, um, but we kind of held our own and went to Nebraska and got um, a 79-68 to 68, uh, win. Which on I the road, but did not Nebraska think is do. very bad. <laughs> I, they're bad, but it's a Big Ten team. It's a road game, and before the Nebraska we've, game, we've been on like a mudslide, like downwards too. We were on like a four-game losing streak going into Nebraska. Yeah, I didn't think we were gonna win, and also before and Isaiah th- was gone, and Xavier was gone. Too. <laughs> yeah, before the game, they announced that Xavier Simpson had at least a one-game suspension. Still TBD if it's gonna be more than a one-game suspension. Mm-hmm. So our two best players, like the heart and soul of our team essentially was both out i guess like john teske would be the third part of that and he was in but xavier kind of the like leadership of the team too yeah no that's what i mean like xavier is like a senior the, captain a senior and captain and is like an influencer <laughs> but i feel like emotionally and leadership wise xavier simpson is the team and then in terms of just output isaiah livers is the team mm-hmm. so having both components like the emotional component and then the skills component out mm-hmm. it's like what did we have left i literally was like okay the season's done i don't even care anymore and then we won it which shouldn't be that shocking but it was it was also like sloppy so and if you're playing like no offense but like offense to like a terrible nebraska team um they think just like had like a bunch of this like transfers and a bunch of new people in the program and Nebraska hasn't really been the nicest to us in the last few times we've traveled there. What was it, 2018 when we lost by, like, 20? Mm. I hated that game with <laughs> my entire heart. Um, but Nebraska is just, like, one of those team, teams in basketball where they, like it's a trap game for Michigan. Um, obviously, we're bad, but Nebraska's worse. So <laughs> um, we were able to escape with the win there. Um Franz was the star of the show. Which we loved to which see. Which we loved a whole lot. Everyone was talking about... I mean, obviously, he didn't play a perfect game, and a lot of people were frustrated with, like, the turnovers that he had, but he made up for them with, like, steals and blocks and, like, just a general, more aggressive, like, attitude offensively. A Wagner attitude, might I say. Ooh. You should, like, emphasize that next time. Did um, I not emphasize Like, do it again. A Wagner attitude, like, might I say. Now it's, like, emphasized. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I think people were pretty, like, generally, like, impressed with his play. I know a lot of people were, well, like, a lot of, like, the wishy-washy fans, I don't know, were probably expecting a lot more from Franz, but, like, a lot of, like, the more sane people were, like, Franz has played a lot better than Mo did his freshman year, which is a very good point. A very good. Also, can I just say that it's kind of funny that we're the sane fans in basketball, because I feel like in football we're the, we're the insane fans who get mad about everything. But, but basketball, we're like, come on, guys, they're trying their best. Which we're very reasonable with basketball because we just love them a lot. I think that's very true. Yeah. That would have never have like flown if like Mo was on the football team and then like a Franz came and joined him. I'd be like, 
Well, I probably wouldn't have the same, like, feelings towards the Wagner brothers if they were in football instead of basketball. No, not. Also, like, what position would they play? I cannot. Maybe, like, tight end. No, I, I think they would, I think they'd be the punters. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you imagine that? Maybe just because, like, Will Hart's tall and skinny is the only reason I'm thinking that, but. That's why I was, like, tight end. Especially, like, when Mo got bigger. yeah. But also, like, picturing a Wagner in football would be so <laughs> funny. Do you, I, I've mentioned this a few times, and Welcome I don't think... Welcome to hypothetical situations where the Wagner brothers were on the Michigan football team. Do you remember the, Not convers- Isaiah. the conversation we had once where we were like, imagine Duncan Robinson in a football uniform. Imagine, Just envision like, it. It's so funny. It, I can't really do it. The like, only... The, the pads would be, like, weird... The pants would be weird. Well, he wore capris that one time, and it's, like, the closest image we have. But, like, he still has the basketball shorts on. So we No, no, really no. Know. When he... <laughs> this is very specific. When he, <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. You don't have to expose <laughs> okay, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys know what we're talking about, please be our friend. Um, anyway... Where were we go? Oh yeah, France. France is good. We like him. I also think just having Isaiah and Xavier gone, obviously meant that a lot of our bench guys had to step up. They were forced to step up, which it's just kind of weird because at the beginning of the season we're like, wow, this team is really deep because we do have guys like David DeJulius and Brandon Johns Jr. on the bench who like presumably should be really good players and then we just haven't necessarily especially like Brandon Johns we just haven't seen the output from him that we expected so the Mm -hmm. narrative kind of went from like wow we're so deep to like wow we're like not deep at all also Colin Castleton hasn't really been stepping up the way we were hoping or like Mm -hmm. developing the way we were hoping so that hurts the depth a lot Mm -hmm. but seeing these guys all have to step up without Isaiah Isaiah Simpson like the combo of both of them yeah sure without or like Harley Harshi yeah, or like, and like Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> so without, without the, like, that duo out, those guys having to step up, they kind of did it, which, like, Brandon Johns Jr. really did it. Mm-hmm. I, he was also just having an on day, which could happen any day, but that was nice to see that they're capable of that, because these guys are going to be on the team next year, most likely. Some of them will be. More on that later. I'm pretty sure, like, this was David's first start, right? Yeah, I think and so. I that, well, like, I guess... That would make sense because Xavier has like started for like oh, the last like two years. Yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> um but I mean yeah, he didn't really like contribute in like ways that he has like been before. He's definitely had like better games where he's like more aggressive, especially from the three point line. But I think it just like helps that those around him were still kind of like stepping up to the occasion like Franz and Brandon Johns, that, like, rhymed. And, like, I, I guess I, I could Eli, too. But, I, like, I didn't want to say it, but I have to. Yeah, you, she, I don't know what you have against him. But we've been going over that for years now. Um, <laughs> I realized before the Illinois game mm-hmm. that Franz and Johns rhymes. Mm-hmm. And I just think there's a lot of poetry potential there, or maybe song potential. Should I write a song? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay, I got it. With Franz and Johns. Okay. Um, <laughs> also, another part of the narrative of that game is CJ Baird was getting significant minutes. It's Am I significant. He like vibed in the first half. 
Yeah, I guess he, he played eight minutes, but it was earlier on in the game than we usually see him. There's some sort of stat that Michigan is, like, 21-3 and three when mm-hmm. C.J. Baird plays, which everyone's like, this is the new, like, Duncan Robinson six points. Mm, no. But it's like, no, that's not a coincidence. That's like they literally put him in at garbage time when we have a lead, like, generally speaking. I don't think it's, like, a crazy coincidence. I think there's but a reason. we they... were thinking about, like, the three losses, like, how bad were we losing that – CJ was in there. Yeah, literally. <laughs> or, like, how much foul trouble were we in that CJ was in there? Like, it's, like, those kind of it, things where you're, like, okay, yeah, it's impressive that he's been, like, a, like in when he's in, he it's been, like, 21 wins, but, like, we're probably beating the team by at least 25 I, like, at that point. I don't get why that stat's <laughs> interesting at all. Like, he goes, in when, he goes in when there's a significant lead in the final minutes. Like, that's what you do with... Like, I feel like he probably even like went him. in, like, for the, like, national championship game when we were already going to lose. Yeah, they, like, yeah, he did. So, congrats. Like, yeah. <laughs> Wait, actually, I don't remember if he did. I but feel like he did. He like, definitely, towards the end, I think they cleared the entire bench. I remember them clearing the bench for the um, Texas Tech game. Because, do you remember, he, like, made the only three of the game at the end there? For Texas Tech? When we lost to them. At the Ooh, end, he yeah. made a three. And we were like, I don't even think that went in. Oh but, yeah, like, I yeah, yeah. That. So like, yeah, we they put him like I don't <laughs> I don't understand why anyone times. thinks that stat is interesting. It's like not. the whole point of CJ Barrett is that he's a fun player to watch and if and he had like a three pointer that one time when like the entire team had three pointers. Yeah, so now at garbage time everyone cheers for him. Like it's really not that deep. <laughs> um <laughs> but there was a conspiracy. I don't know if this is a conspiracy. I don't think that's the right word for it. But um, so when I saw that CJ Baird was in and he's number 24, I was like, oh, it's a Kobe tribute. Like that just mm-hmm. kind of immediately came to my mind that they would put him in early on because he has Kobe's number. Mm-hmm. And then Aunt Wright tweeted out like he's number 24 and they put him in for eight minutes. So that's like a Kobe tribute. And I don't know. I just kind of dressed as such. I don't think anybody said anything. No one said anything. Or it was like super subtle. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of I, I just I'm just curious as to whether it was because to me like that makes perfect sense like that they would do that. But Mm -hmm. also, so early on in the game, maybe not. I don't know. I'm just I just want to know if that's because also like we weren't deep that game, so maybe CJ just had to step up. Mm, I don't think so. It was probably just a. I. Like, when somebody pointed, well, like, you said it and, like, Aunt Wright said it, like, it made kind of, like, sense in my brain. Yeah. Especially because it, like, in college, the shot clock is 30 seconds instead of 24, like, everyone in the NBA has been doing. And um, you have to cross half court in eight seconds in the NBA, but you get 10 in college. So, like, it was, like, a more, like, direct, like, 24 and 8 instead of, like, a 30 and yeah. Ten. I mean, we did do that at the beginning of the game, but then I guess they also put in CJ for, like... Yeah, I mean, when I... Because everyone was tweeting about CJ, I was like, oh, yeah, he's 24. That's what occurred to me, just because everything has been a Kobe tribute lately, mm-hmm. rightfully so, mm-hmm. but then no one else was saying it, so I don't know. It doesn't matter if it was or not, but... Only CJ knows. I think CJ knows, and I and think like Juwan knows. knows. <laughs> and, yeah. We just get to guess. We just get to guess, and no one else really seems to care, so it's okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, so here's our million-dollar question of the day. Mm-hmm. Is Michigan bad? Mm, yes. I agree. <laughs> but like I said previously, Michigan's bad, but Nebraska's worse. So, like, we're at the bottom of the Big Ten. Um, that was our first road win this season. Um, 
we snapped a four-game losing streak. I think offensively we have tanked real hard <laughs> since November. I w- honestly was like, are we going to get out of January with a win? I don't remember the last time we won. Was mm-hmm. it in January? I don't think so. <laughs> well, besides Nebraska, yeah. Besides Nebraska. Yeah, that's what we, I think we were coming out of a four-game losing streak. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't really sure when the last time we won was, and that is saying something. I feel like it was over break. Yeah, because Michigan State was at the end of break because I was just coming back to campus for that. Yeah, so, hmm? yeah. yeah. I don't know. I was concerned about it. Um, but I think we've mentioned it, like, multiple times on the podcast already, but I'm still, like, sticking to it, is that this is definitely, like, what a team that lost all of its leading scorers and its head coach of the last, like, decade yeah (laughs) like leave um so it i think we're we're just spoiled spoiled rotten i mean it was nice it was a nice time and i'm very thankful for that whole week it made thanksgiving a lot more fun than i thought it was going to be and i appreciate the time that we had together and i hope that we can make the tournament at least (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Michigan basketball is bad. Like, I don't think there's any way around it. It's really fun when they're good, but I'm also, like, they're allowed to be bad right now. You can take like, the good with the bad, you know? Yeah, I, I think it's completely fine that they're bad right now. I'm not worried about the state of the program. I don't really think it's going to hurt recruiting. Yes, Harley? She's raising her hand. Um, Steve Fisher in his first year as a head coach. Won the tournament. No, like, he came in, like, because they, like, left right before the tournament, and he came in, but his first full year, oh, they were, yeah, like, they not good, the and then the Fat Five vibed in. Exactly, So, that's yeah. basically kind of what's happening right now. So, it's kind of what's happening right now, honestly. Yeah, except for It's, if, like, Jawan instead of Steve Fisher. Well, yeah, and if John Beeline had like, left partway through the season, and Jawan came in and won the tournament. But well, other than like, that, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, his first full year. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So... The narrative says that Michigan should, and also Michigan has the Fab Six next year. So no, yeah, like Fab Seven or like eight. Who okay? Who else are we counting here as Fab? Like us. Oh. I was like, I mean, I guess maybe another hidden Wagner. (laughs) (laughs) We have to see if there are any Wagners on the football team that we can like take for basketball. Um, yeah, I, Michigan basketball is bad, and I'm okay with it. I still love them. They're, like, if John Beeland was coaching right now, I'd be mad. And if, like, Jordan Poole had stayed, like, if, like, Jordan Poole... I kind of wish, like, Ignis stayed. I was, like, thinking about him the last two days. Oh, yeah. I kind of miss Ignis. Yeah. I, yeah. We could really use... We could have really used Ignis. I I don't think this team misses Jordan... And no, we do miss Jordan Poole. I just... I, his his shooting frustrated me so much, mm-hmm. but I it would actually be very helpful right now. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, I feel like I miss Iggy more. No, I think I miss Iggy more as well. Just mm-hmm. his, like, aggression and, yeah. Do you Maybe think Michigan's going to... Mm-hmm. Do you think Michigan's going to make the tournament? I really hope so. We mm-hmm. need to get it together. We got to get our act together. And yeah. we have to at least, like, not go out in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. That's, like, my one goal is to not get knocked early. Um, I, we're obviously not going to – I don't think we're even going to get into the 
championship game of the Big Ten tournament. So I thought you were saying March Madness, and I was no, like, no, hardly. No. <laughs> um, but readjusting things, like I thought after winning uh, the battle for Atlantis, I was like, all right, see you at the national championship. But now I'm like, all right, so I'm not going to Georgia. Um, I'm just going to pay attention to all the new kids that are coming in while still loving the kids that are already here. That's what motherhood is like. It is. <laughs> yeah, I hope we make the tournament, but... I mean, if not, like... We we made this pact last year. No matter what happens to Michigan basketball, we're still going to love and enjoy March to the fullest. And I, like... That's I, so true. Especially yeah, this year. Yeah. March it's, is going to be insane. It's going to be so it's fun. Be so good. Regardless of what Michigan does. But, um, yeah. 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 It's tough to be a Michigan Wolverine. But also great. But also, like, it's a great, and someday it'll pay off. Mm-hmm. Those who stay... Will be... Maybe, like... Runner-up. Maybe they'll make the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Those who stay will make the tournament. The final four. And then Ooh. get your banners taken down. <laughs> <laughs> Those who stay will make the championship game, but have no Wolverine. memory of it. Yeah. Those who stay will be in... Like, multiple vacated championship <laughs> games. <laughs> Those who stay will be vacated. <laughs> uh, okay. So, in other Michigan sports news, the a bunch of the schedules were released, but I guess the talk of the town lately is that um, the 2022 schedule was released, and we're playing Connecticut. That's not a real year. Dude, 2022 sounds like the past to me for some reason. Like, my brain is in the future. in the future? Literally. I've been writing 2020 on my papers since, like, 2018. And then I accidentally, like, I just keep accidentally doing it. And now I've started accidentally writing 2021 on my papers. Mm, That's a problem. It's so weird. Because most people are like, oh, I can't stop writing, like, 2019. But I, like, have been writing 2020. For so long. Yeah. (laughs) It just, like, is in my head. I think I'm just ready to graduate. (laughs) On God. <laughs> but in 2022, our schedule goes Colorado State, Hawaii, Connecticut, Maryland, Iowa, Penn State, Nebraska, Michigan State, Illinois, by Indiana, Rutgers, Ohio State. And, I mean, right now that looks like a really easy schedule. I think we also should remind you guys that that's in two years and you don't know. Well, that's in three seasons. So you don't know what teams will be good then. Like, literally anything could happen within that. But, I mean, like, Colorado State, Hawaii, Connecticut – and also not playing Indiana the second-to-last game of the season. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. Yeah, playing Rutgers right before Ohio State, so basically, like, another bye. I mean... Potentially. Potentially, but also don't want to jinx it because it's like, Michigan football. That, and, like, Rutgers is, like... Good at basketball. Well, wasn't that... What was the whole narrative at the end of the season that they could be, like, in the playoffs or something dumb? That's, like, their coach was saying that. Rutgers could be good. I don't know. I, Who was to say it's 2022? Anything is possible. I don't. Anything is possible except Rutgers football being good. If Rutgers football is good in 2022, give me your AirPods. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll bet you my AirPods. I'll bet. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're shaking shaking hands. What, is, what, what qualifies as good? They beat Michigan. Okay, but. <laughs> Have a winning record. I'm putting. I'm putting this on my Google Calendar. In two years, <laughs> we might not know each other anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, we will, because we're going to go to, like, Justin Bieber's redemption tour. Yeah, we're doing that this year. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. Okay. Maybe, like, the second redemption tour. Maybe One Direction will get back together. Okay. No, that won't happen. I, <laughs> okay. Um, Anything's possible. November 2022, 
Harley owes me her AirPods. Is that how it works? So, like, her AirPods. If Rutgers has a winning record and beats Michigan, you give me your AirPods. Yeah. If Rutgers... Wait, has a, has a winning record and beats Michigan? Sure. Both? It has to be both? Or should it just be a winning record? One or the other. Like, if they have a winning record or they beat Michigan, I owe you my AirPods. That's how confident I am that neither will occur. <laughs> Fine, then I'm going to go with winning record. Okay. Um, yeah, so anyway, we're pl- <laughs> we have an easy start to the schedule, but also we, like, technically had an easy sc- start to the schedule this year, and we ended up, like, not playing very well, so... I can't wait to be your Everyone's like... Mail. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be like, wait, who's Hannah? That sounds familiar, and then, like, you're going to open it up, and it's AirPods, and, like... But, like, that just assumes that that means that Views dies. Yeah, no, And views I can't accept that. That's, that's very <laughs> Or I got replaced, and that's stupid <laughs> What would it get replaced with? Maybe, like, Views itself. Oh, like, we won't be the host. Like, the podcast will take over, <laughs> and there will be no more hosts. <laughs> Guys, we always get so scared that, like, the podcast exists outside of the host. Well, which is kind of a up. creepy feeling. Like, what does the podcast do when we're not recording it and we're not listening to it? If a podcast... Maybe, like, makes a life like Hanukkah replica baby doll and, like, its hedgehog <laughs> friend Harley. <laughs> um... Anyway, people are kind of mad because Michigan scheduled a bunch of quote-unquote cupcakes. I'm not mad about it because... Imagine having, like, those home games. Like, I'd have so much fun. Yeah, for real. That's not even fair. It's not in, like, also... You don't be stressed. Like, Like, maybe. We've had the hardest schedule in college football before, and it didn't benefit us at all because we lost games. Like, and also, the teams that make it to the college football playoffs play cupcakes. So, I don't see why there's any reason to be upset about it. Uh, okay, so... Ohio State schedules cupcakes all the freaking time! Like, the whole entire <laughs> SEC... The SEC is just, yeah. The entire... Well, entire the, the entire ACC, the yeah. entire Pac-12, the entire Big 12, like, literally... Everyone does the cupcake thing challenge, and then, like... Like, throughout the whole season, honestly. Like, they have the first three games-ish, and then, like, if you're... You know, I Alabama, remember who Bama was the, playing at the end of the year? The Citadel. Yeah, exactly. But, like... Second to last game. Yeah. Dumb. I'm not mad about cupcakes. Count your blessings. Yes. Cupcakes are delicious. <laughs> I, like, really could go for a cupcake right now. Do you want to, like, convene together for the 2022, like, season? And eat cupcakes? We can sneak them into the big house. Are we going to, are we, do you want to go to the Rutgers game? Do you want to, like. In 2022? It's at Rutgers. We can still go. Okay. I feel like we'll have, like, private jets by then. Definitely. Yeah. Like, views. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll just say views. Like, the views. Like and we can, like, eat cupcakes while looking at the views from our private jet. Uh-huh, okay. Okay, Maybe, cool. like, vegan and, like, have, like, maize and blue frosting. Okay, yeah. For That'd sure. That'd be so fun. For sure. And then I'll have AirPods. Yeah. Like, two pairs of AirPods. I mean, like, will AirPods still exist then? Or will the sound just be, like, in our ears? I don't know. But we'll find out. We'll update you guys. I hope AirPods are eternal because I really like them. Guys, what if in 2022 we can time travel? So what? then, like, right now, just about now, us from the future are about to, like, come on the podcast and be like, AirPods are obsolete. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, Crib Corner. Okay, so next year... Not Hannah as a baby doll. No. We'll get to that, though. <laughs> so we have a lot of... Can you say it? I don't have the words. I have a lot of what? 
like recruits. So there's a lot of um, babies in the crib that are like interested and want to play for the University of Michigan next year. Um, and with the addition of Jace Howard, we have officially like gone out of the allotted spots that a basketball team can have to Division One. Probably across the other divisions too. Honestly, I don't actually know, but. We're still trying to actively recruit two more, and there's not enough room in the crib. It's very crowded in there, but I honestly want to be greedy and take two more. <laughs> but yeah. that means, like, you have to kick some of them out. Okay, so let me – I'm going to read the names of every person who is currently projected to be on the roster next year, and you tell me where you think they'll – like, if you think they'll be in the crib or if they'll be elsewhere, like, what you think is going to happen, okay? What I think or what I hope – both. Okay. Okay, Austin Davis. He could possibly be around for a fifth year next year. Grad transfer uh, depends on what program he wants to go into. Um, Obviously, we share a major. <laughs> As we've said so, many times on this podcast. There's, They definitely have a Kinesis uh, master's program here. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily a one-year program or if he would want to... Um, Especially if you want to go to the physical therapy route, like that's way more than one year. <laughs> um, I don't know if he wants, and also I don't think we have a PT program here. So depending on what he wants to do in his actual future, um, honestly, I think it would probably be best to transfer. But that's up to him, honestly. I think they'll probably and, uh, be a grad transfer. Yeah, I'm gonna take it too. Okay, Isaiah Livers. Um. See, at the beginning of the season, I thought he would leave, but at this current moment... For the NBA. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I don't really know, just, like, he's been hindered a lot by, like, injuries. Obviously, he was out for five weeks, and he's going to be out for we don't know how long now. Um, and that severely, like, impacts, obviously, like, the amount of information that... Um, the combine and the NBA can gather about you. I mean, obviously, we can see that in Tariq Black. He transferred away after having injuries, um, and he just kind of wants to, like, build that resume, you know? Um, so Isaiah could potentially do that. I think he would be, like, super critical to this kind of team, especially with the star power and, like, the obvious leadership that he already has with the team. I would really want him to stay, but that's really up to him, and if he feels that he's ready even um, after – how this season has been going so far, that's up to him. Honestly, I didn't think Jordan was going to vibe away, and a lot of people didn't think Jordan was going to vibe away because he was like, there's no way. you got to be developed more. But he was like, goodbye. Yeah, you literally... And then the Golden State Warriors suck, so <laughs> he just gets to zoom around, I guess. But you all, you just never know yeah. who's ready for the NBA because, I don't know, we're just humans, and they're, they're another species. Like, I, they, it's literally like Jordan Poole apparently was like, make, yeah, it was like, like the best decision for him, even though he didn't look like the best player on the court all of the time in college. Like, yeah. it's just hard to know what translates to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Eli Brooks. Mm, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I wish he would. I feel like he would be better at it. I feel like he would be like an Ibby Watson. I was just going to say like, that. Like, transfer out to like a Dayton or like one of those kind of things, maybe like a smaller D1, like, back home in Pennsylvania. I don't know if he's, like, a homebody or not. But, like, doing one of those, I feel like he could be, like... I feel like he'd be, like, really confident at one of those places and, like, like, succeed, like, pretty well. I think those are probably more his speed. Obviously, I don't know him personally, but I think just from 
the like inconsistency and like confidence and those kind of things I feel like he would be better definitely in a division one program because you can see like how like if Eli Brooks is on like he is gonna contribute massively for your team um but if he's off like just get him out (laughs) yeah I agree because I do think it I mean from what I've heard and seen it seems like most of his issues are confidence issues mm-hmm. um so yeah getting him on a court where he's like he played for Michigan and contributed fairly significantly for Michigan I think would help his confidence a lot and he could do really well but I think you're right I think he'll stay unless I don't know unless he gets a talking to <laughs> about with his I don't know <laughs> okay Brandon Johns Jr. um I think Brandon Johns will stay I don't really have, like, much else to say from that. I think, like, especially, well, he's been able to, like, play pretty much everything except, like, the one, I guess. But, um, I don't really like him in that center, but it's a good thing that we have one coming in. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, but he can definitely do that. And... I just like how he can be, like, in most places and just, like, learn on the go and that kind of thing. And I think, like, I don't know, just from how, like, weird it must have been, like, for this group of sophomores to, like, come in as freshmen. And obviously, like, you don't always have the, like, one-and-dones breakouts that leave. Um, And then your coach leaves that was, like, actively recruiting you for how many, I don't, years or whatever um, or months and then leaves it it was probably just like a weird time for all of them but I think like Brandon Johns has like the potential and especially like the game that he had against Nebraska like you just see like glimpses of like real good potential so yeah I definitely be around I think he'll be around next year but if he continues on the trajectory that he's on right now I think he might be out after that like transfer just because he hasn't been living up to his potential this year at Mm. all and we haven't seen too much from him I do think he does have potential, though, so I guess it, next year is just critical to see what will happen with him. David DeJulius is my favorite from this class, from the freshman class of last year. So what class? You love I the in? point guards. You always love the point guards. Shoot, you're right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> just had to like reflect on my life there. Um, I I just love his like energy and enthusiasm, and he, his like. Smile and like giggles could like cure like seasonal depression because it's just sunshine. <laughs> he's a very sunshiny guy, and also like he's gonna be pretty crucial next year, so I don't foresee him going anywhere. I mean, and he still like has those like hit or miss like opportunities, obviously, but like you just see like a f- at least I have in a few games where he just seems to be on, um, especially from the arc, and you're just like, all right, so I can see like him like stepping up in like the role. And he's been learning from Xavier, so I think he held his own pretty well against Nebraska. I mean, obviously, that was probably different for him because he has not started before at the position because it has been, like, permanently Xavier's for, like, years now. Um, But I think it gave at least me just, like, some kind of comfort in knowing, like, next year, like, that's what David is going to be doing. Mm -hmm. Feels good. Colin Castleton? Mm. He's a little iffy, honestly. Especially, well, it'll be interesting mostly because we don't really have a whole lot of depth at the five 
So, mm-hmm. like, I think he'll stay just because of that. And, like, he's been the one that's... But we have... I mean, you have, like, Brandon Jones and... Hunter. Hunter. But, like... And if either of them... Like, if you want to put Brandon Jones somewhere else or if Hunter's in, like, foul trouble or, like, any right. of those things, like, there's not a whole lot of depth there. And, like, Colin would be the most you know, experienced of them at yeah. the five, so. Yeah, I think Colin's kind of in the same category as Brandon Johns. Like, I don't think they'll necessarily be huge contributors, but I also don't, like, there's nothing that's happened to make me think they're going to transfer. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what I mean. They're just, like, critical, but, like, need to be better. So yeah. So it's, like, kind weird. of underperforming it's right weird. now. yeah. And Adrian, I think I've already mentioned that I think he's, like, the weak link of um, John Beeline's last class. Um, and I also think he's kind of like an Eli. Like, he would succeed pretty well at, like, a, a Division One, but, like, maybe, like, I don't know. What was it? Detroit Mercy? In Toledo? Like, those rando, like, Mac schools? Like, yeah, but the ones that, like, make the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like he would fit well there. And obviously, like, I think his also, like, lies on a confidence issue. And a lot of people are, like, super frustrated with Adrian. And, like, sometimes he's has, like, that little tiny, like, glimmer of something. But then it, like, disappears and people get all mad again. Um, I don't know. I think he'll probably be talked to. Yeah, I think there's a chance he'll transfer. But obviously, all the ones that we're saying might transfer, like, there's no way all of the people we say will transfer, mm-hmm. but, like, probably maybe one or two of them. Um, Franz, obviously, I don't think we really need to go into that. He's important. But Cole? That'd be interesting to see what he does. Mostly because, like, they did so much to, like, kind of keep him, but, mm-hmm. like, they haven't really been doing anything to implement him. Um... Especially because people thought, like, he would have at least shown up at, for some playtime against Nebraska, but he didn't. And I don't know if that's just because he's, like, a little bit further behind than everyone else. I mean, Franz did play, like, professional basketball, like, over in Germany, so, like, he had that advantage. Cole is straight out of high school. Um, he's the only, like, true, true freshman, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Franz, yes, is a freshman, but, like, I said, he was playing, like, actual ball, <laughs> not <laughs> high school ball. Um, so I think there should be, like, room for, like, credit in that because, like, the Brandon Johns, David DeJulius's, Con Cassidy's, and Adrian Nunez's of the team were, like, in Cole's shoes last year. Like, nope, like, limited play time, limited action, um, but still, like, gonna be part of the, like, Michigan basketball's future, so I don't really, it'll be interesting to see what he does, honestly, but I, I don't think, I don't I, I think it's too soon for him to transfer. Yeah. I don't think he's gonna transfer after his freshman year, like, it has been kind of, like, a blow that he hasn't, like, gotten significant minutes his freshman year, or really any minutes, but... If you don't get minutes your freshman year, like, that doesn't mean you have to transfer. I think that would be a, a little bit much unless you hear something or, you know, there's a conversation that's had and it doesn't appear to be a good fit for him. But in general, it, it sucks because we worked hard to keep him, you know? Yeah. And also, like, 
he's a kid. He's a John Beeline. Well, they're all kids, but like he's mm-hmm. a John Beeline recruit who generally they those aren't expected to play for their first year anyway. Yeah. So it's like you got to give them time. Honestly, same with the rest of those sophomores. Mm-hmm. Like with John Beeline's like style of coaching, I don't know if any of them were really expected to blossom quite yet their sophomore year because he mm-hmm. developed them over four years, but. We no longer have a coach who has that coaching philosophy, so things are going to change. I mean, maybe that's Juwan's coaching philosophy, but given his recruits, I don't think he plans on developing all that much. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, And then, obviously, our Fab Five for next year, Isaiah Todd, Hunter Dickinson, Terrence Williams, Zeb Jackson, and Jace Howard are our recruits coming in, and so they're all expected to have an immediate impact, save for possibly Jace, but I think he's supposed to have an immediate impact as well. And there's a potential potential for like i mentioned josh christopher uh-huh. and greg brown um they still haven't committed to anywhere um but some people say that they like michigan and i think that's awesome which also is a sign that these conversations about who's going to be transferring are probably already happening yes. they're not going to be announced mid-season because like why would they do that but yep. if any more recruits sign we know that some people are already planning on transferring or mm-hmm. at least we can we can strongly assume assume yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh okay so what's up next for michigan basketball um so we're playing a rutger but like it's not like what you typically think of a rutger so like when you're assuming rutgers you're assuming a team that's garbage and uh, it's like an easy dub for your team but honestly we're um playing against a rutgers team that looks really good they're 15 and 0 at home um, this game is technically, I guess, on a neutral court, but it's in MSG, which is right like down the street, basically, from um, New Jersey, where Rutgers is. But a lot of people say that, obviously, New York City and like is one of those places that have like a heavy Michigan um, alumni network and like just a social circle in general. Um, you know, the whole like wherever you go, go blue kind of thing. So, like, it could be interesting to see. I'm kind of excited that it's on that kind of neutral court again. I would like to see how Michigan performs. Um, but Rutgers is ranked 25, court. and we've lost, what are we, A like, one in five in the last five games. One in four. Math. I don't know. Um, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, and I don't know. It'll be weird. It's weird that Rutgers is, like, good. <laughs> but I guess like Rutgers basketball could, has the potential to be like I don't know like why Rutgers isn't like better just from like a standpoint that like they're not like an academic institution they have like the like similar like Maryland we and Rutgers from, should be good we recruit from New Jersey all the time too like they yeah. have they're, they're right in Rutgers backyard but I mean it's like the name like do you want to go to Rutgers and also, they were good when they, they jo- got in the Big yeah, Ten. Yeah, so joining the Big Ten just really messed them up. But also that soon, I think Maryland and Rutgers are gonna get like access to like more of the like Big Ten money. So like, I think that's like part of the reason why like you can see like an upswing in their ability to be able to recruit and to have oh. like, um, just interesting. Like, yeah, so they're gonna get they're gonna be getting paid soon. So. Maybe we should be more worried. <laughs> Wherever you go, go Rutgers. Actually, probably. I might be a Rutgers fan. <laughs> so we're on to the um, fun part of the podcast. 
because the whole we have podcast is fun. The whole podcast is fun, but we have some fun updates for you guys. <laughs> First of all, Justin Bieber's album is coming out on Valentine's Day. So buy it for your sweetheart. Yeah, will so you buy I'm, it for me? Yeah. Aww. I was like, I'll buy you one. I'll buy it for, for the sure. podcast. Aww. Wait, are we gonna get the actual CD? Do you wanna exchange CDs? I don't have anywhere to play a CD, but you have a car. Does your car still have a CD player? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Okay. Well, I also just like collect CDs. I I I have an alarm clock. Close enough. It doesn't have a CD player, but <laughs> I really want the physical CD. But I also, like, I'll probably buy the actual album on my phone, which is, like, crazy because I don't have any music on my phone. I just Whoa. have Spotify and not even Spotify Premium. So mm. it's going to be the only thing I listen to when I don't have Wi-Fi besides podcasts. <laughs> uh, also, his new docuseries, Seasons, is out on YouTube. Well, the first couple episodes are. And my Valentine, Harley, and I are going to watch it together. Aww. I just made you my Valentine. But we have an AirPods update. We do. So, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we, like, walk by each other around, like, 10-ish p.m., but that's all... A.M. I forgot. I was like, it's p.m. right now, so I was like, p.m. <laughs> um, a.m. Oh, it's stink to have a class at 10 p.m. I might be more awake for... Uh, I no. know. I it's, like, bed almost like bedtime. Yeah, it's, like, almost bedtime. Um... So, I was, like, expecting to see a hand on Tuesday, but, like, a hand did not go to class. Um, senioritis has hit hand hard, I guess. Um, I had so many things that day. I had something at, like, 7, and then I had something at 11.30, and I was like, I, no, okay. not going to my 10 a.m. But then I walked by a hand today, and she, like, pointed at her AirPods, and I was wearing my hood up, and then I exposed one of my ear, like, hand does, where, like, half her ears, like, sticking out of her head. <laughs> It was, like, AirPods. So, basically, you know how, like, when people drive, like, Jeep Wranglers and, like, have the, like, Jeep wave? Um, well, Hannah and I have, like, the AirPod, like, what, is, what should we call it? I don't know. Just, like, the AirPod. Like, we just walked by each other and both pointed at our AirPods and then didn't say a word and just kept walking and then Adrian walked by. Aw. He was, like, with us. I don't know if you saw him. There. I didn't. He was, like, right among us. Oh. But you probably, like, couldn't hear him because you had your AirPods. I have my AirPods in. Yeah. So. Um. So, yeah, that's our update. It's not as exciting as last time, but... Oh, there's kind of another AirPod update that, like, um, today... That I'm going to win them in 2022. Oh, yeah, and, like, (laughs) when I went to go record the podcast, like, we both had our AirPods in. We did. And then I went to the bathroom. We really love our AirPods here at Museum Studios. (laughs) (laughs) And then a Duo update. Um, I've been... What's Duo? Oh, so Duo Factor Authentication is this dumb, stupid thing. Like, yeah. the University of Michigan requires that, like, apparently is actually really good because it, like, it's a very important security measure and, like, a lot of organizations require it, not just the University of Michigan, but um, they've been trying to require it for, like, over a year now that all students, basically, it's, you have to, when you want to log into your University of Michigan account, you have to, like, confirm it from your phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, authentic- authenticate from Yourself. your phone yeah. and your, your laptop, so they're, like, it's for sure you. But mm-hmm. they, I've been, like, putting it off, like, every single day. They're like, you have 10 days before you'll no longer have access to University of Michigan account, Michigan account. And I was like, I just want to see what happens if I don't. Because they tried to do that, like, a year ago. And I was like, I'm just not going to and see what happens. And, like, they didn't make me. But this time they made me. And I didn't have access to my U of M account until I set up Duo. So I have it now. It I've sucks. had Duo for, like, almost two years, so... Yeah, everyone else, <laughs> I put it on my Instagram story mostly just to flex that I had put it off until that day. <laughs> I just remember, like, trying to log into my stuff one day, and I was like, what the heck is this? I, like, never signed up for it. It just, like, appeared. Were you an employee of the university? Yeah. Yeah. So, I was, I, like, too, though. in the hospital. The, I, it's, like, I think it's, like, 
if it's through like Umish medicine. Yeah, that's I like they obviously have like a whole lot of like HIPAA and such. Yeah, so. Um, our oh, next well. update Rip is to a legend, Hannah. <laughs> yeah, for real. Our next update is Hannah and Harley. Um, <laughs> that's us. Okay, we were talking, like, literally, this was the conversation where, like, I hope in, like, 40 years when you Google us, like, if you Google Hannah and Harley, it's, like, podcast, and then I was like, honestly, it probably already is, and then I Googled Hannah and Harley, well, Harley Googled Hannah and Harley, and it's, like, very disturbing. (laughs) It's, like, someone made a life, like, baby doll and named it Hannah. Read, com- read the sentence about okay. like sleepy time or whatever. It's the so the heading of this thing is called Hannah and Harley. Like, this product, if you purchase it, it's called Hannah and Harley. Okay. <laughs> no, you. Where's the sleepy one? Right here. No. Shh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. You won't be. You won't want to wake up sweet slumbering Hannah and her adorable hedgehog pal. Which is... It adorable. wasn't clarified at first, but you can just assume who the hedgehog pal is. So then you move on to the end. Hannah's charming sleepy time ensemble also includes a satiny, soft, light blue blanket and a cuddly hedgehog friend named Harley, both ideal for extra cuddling. Sleep tight, Harley and Hannah. Or Hannah and Harley. <laughs> and then, so that's our legacy. <laughs> that's our legacy. And if you... Wait, it has a baby photo album? It's so creepy. And it's just like one it's photo. It's so terrifying. Hashtag Hannah and Harley. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, get that, to, get that, that to trend. Yeah, hashtag Hannah and Harley. <laughs> um, also, like, they people make, like, reviews of this doll on YouTube, and they're like, this is Hannah and Harley. And they have, like, a certificate of authenticity. And it's like, <laughs> Hannah and Harley. <laughs> so we authenticate, authenticated ourselves, like, duo factor authentication. Whoa, we really did. And yeah. we're a duo. Whoa! Whoa! Okay. What if we named the podcast Duo Authentication? I don't think people would subscribe to it because they tried to put it off for a year and then the <laughs> university made it made them do it by locking them out of their stuff. Hannah, Wait, what are the reviews? Hannah has a lovely realistic face. Um, her <laughs> sleepers and booties are cute, but she does wear a newborn size sleeper, but onesie zero to three because she is too chubby. The only reason she has a four instead of five stars is because she needs a better shaped body. <laughs> but I got it for a great price, so I can't complain, and I do love her already. Does anyone talk about me, the adorable hedgehog? I'm, like, a four out of five because I'm, like, not a great body, but, like, um, like, decent price. I already had a Hannah and Harley, but I purchased another so I could have twins. (laughs) (laughs) Can't go wrong with Hannah and Harley. That's honestly, like, what people should comment about the podcast. Yeah, like, can you guys please put these as podcasts? Can't go wrong with Hannah and Harley. My daughter, Ashlyn, absolutely loves Hannah and Harley. She is so gorgeous. (laughs) Which one of us is that about? Hannah and Harley are absolutely adorable. My granddaughter is so in love with them. I just need to see more of that specifically, like, say Hannah and Harley. Or just, like, Harley. Yeah, none of them, like, reference Hannah. Not as soft as I'd hope, but overall well-made and no flaws. (laughs) (laughs) This is hilarious. My granddaughter. The doll does have an overstuffed body. (laughs) My granddaughter absolutely loves. No. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I clicked away from the review. And then you like screech. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So like, make sure you close your ears at that moment in time. Oh my goodness, I just turn your AirPods down. Um. I can't believe so many people like vibed one of these. Yeah, like everyone. Should we start a GoFundMe to buy one? We just started GoFundMe just like for 
recreational money. Sweet little Hannah. Hannah Hannah Harley. Hannah Harley. Beautiful baby. (laughs) My Hannah. Super realistic. A happy mother. A happy mother? (laughs) Too fluffy. Everyone keeps talking about how I'm too fat. You're overstuffed. I'm overstuffed. I'm fluffy and have not a good body. My granddaughter absolutely loves the sweet baby doll and her hedgehog too. Yes. My nine-year-old loves Hannah and Harley. There's like a lot of reviews. There's so many. Okay, that's the last one. The nails have a white stripe right down the middle of some of the nails. This always made me upset because it took away from the quality and realism of the doll. Wow. Okay, well, that's that. So we need to comment more about the hedgehog. Yeah. Well, should I leave a review about the hedgehog? We got. No, four. I feel kind of bad leaving a review if I didn't actually buy it. Yeah, Sorry. we didn't buy it. And also, we can't buy it because they're like sold out. And like eighty dollars, <laughs> but you can like do monthly payments of twenty nine ninety nine. All right. You want to do that? I'm going to buy you that for Maybe. graduation and, like, hide it in your pillow or something. Are you going to give me the Harley and you get the Hannah? I'm so definitely can... hiding the overstuffed baby doll in places you don't expect. <laughs> I don't like the Harley. <laughs> okay. That's just my energy. <laughs> this room is so warm. Jeez, oh, Pete's. Okay. Moving on to... A more serious note, um, we did want to give those Kobe tributes at the end just because that's been weighing pretty heavily on both of us and it doesn't feel right to do a podcast about basketball without recognizing what has happened this week and we both just have a little bit that we wanted to say so we're going to each like take a minute and say the things that we wanted to say. Do you want to go first? You can vibe. Okay, I guess I'll go first. <laughs> Let me just pull up my notes app. It's not like a speech. I just wanted to make sure I said everything like I wanted to say. all the things that you wanted to say. Yes. So, like, obviously, it's weird transitioning into something that's so dark after we just read reviews about us being overstuffed. But it was, like, getting that notification mm-hmm. is... I can't even put into words how devastating it was. And I am i wasn't a huge Kobe fan. Like, I'm not going to pretend I was. I'm not, like, someone who grew up and he, like, changed basketball for me. But, like, it's Kobe Bryant. Like, mm-hmm. especially someone like us who, like, we follow sports. It's still, you understand the impact he had on the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm also in a sports writing class where we had just read a profile on him the week before. So oh, that was really haunting. And we also, like, we went around the class and all talked about, like, the impact he'd had on our lives. Not intentionally. Like, it wasn't, like, a discussion question. But that was just kind of how we discussed the profile that we read. So it was really haunting to see that. And also, like, that meme that had just been going around of him and his daughter, Gianna, um courtside at a game just discussing it it like it's just it was devastating and unreal and it's still hard to believe and scary and I think one of the biggest things about it is that it's just very haunting to realize that nobody is untouchable and that Mm -hmm. no amount of money or fame or success can prevent tragedies from happening Mm -hmm. and that's just scary and I think a lot of us are reckoning with that right now because you I don't know like there's nothing we can do like there like life is so fragile and I think that we can take that for what it is and make the most out of life given that but it's still just really really scary to realize that someone like Kobe Bryant is like things like that can happen to him um it also just feels really personal to a lot of people because Mm -hmm. even though it is a celebrity death it he felt so close to so many people and so many people grew up with him as a fixture in their lives so yeah it's just 
really crazy to process and something that's really been getting to me is just that his daughter was with him Mm -hmm. that I think that's what hit the hardest to me because Kobe Bryant's Kobe he had he he's a legend but he had time to write his legacy if that makes sense he was able to he did a lot of really cool things in his life and his legacy will live on and we have so many awesome clips of things he said that will carry on forever and things he's done and the impact he made will always live on and that doesn't make it any less devastating that he died but it just makes it more devastating that like it just feels so unnecessarily cruel that his daughter had to go too I think is what it is because with him it's like he's this hero and he died young and like that legacy will go on forever but he had said on Jimmy Kimmel that his daughter he was confident that his daughter Gianna would carry on his legacy because she was so good at basketball and like just carried on so much of his mentality so the fact that she never got that chance and she never got to write her own legacy same with her teammates who were on the plane or the helicopter with her that's just like that's one of those things where I'm like I just can't wrap my head around it and there's no positive spin to it like he like she just she never got the opportunity to be legendary the way she was clearly supposed to be and that just like I don't it, that just it's taking a lot for me to process that and how like there maybe there is no positive spin on that and like we can just sit with that and that's kind of the biggest takeaway I've had from this whole thing is how powerful it is to see that everybody is giving well a lot of people are giving themselves space to grieve and mourn and cry and be openly upset because I think a lot of times like tragedies happen and we're we go numb and we try not to acknowledge them and we just make jokes about them but seeing so many people crying publicly on tv and openly sharing online and in person how big of an impact he had and just how heartbroken and sad they are I think is so powerful and I think we need more of that and allowing us all to have the space to express how sad we are and not rush the grieving process and telling us like even though you don't know him it's okay to be heartbroken and it's okay to feel however you do feel and you need to acknowledge those emotions I think hopefully this will be a turning point for us as a collective society that we are more okay with mourning things and grieving and being sad when tragedies do happen because that's just a really it's just an important thing to do so that's something I've been like kind of proud of how everyone's handled things we've allowed ourselves to be sad Mm. I agree with many of the things that you've (laughs) just said um obviously like that's I was sitting in the library on Sunday no was it Monday what day was it Sunday Sunday Sunday. um and I um I got a text from my brother, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, not Kobe. Like, I was like a bunch of those people who was Mm -hmm. like, no way. Like, Kobe Bryant, like that video of Cassius Winston, like, after Tom Izzo told him, like, that was me. It was like, and I think um, the video that Jimmy Fallon posted, like, sums it up, like, to, like, a T. Um. He said, Kobe was such a life force, so strong, creative, and inspired that in my head, I thought he was going to live forever. Mm-hmm. And, like, that just really, like, hit me in a way. I mean, I'm also, like, hand, like, everyone knows who Kobe Bryant is. Like, I remember, like, seeing him in, like, the little, like, books that would be at the book fair because he was just, like, one of those, like, personalities and, like, dominating the game that, like, everyone knew who he was. And, like, while I'm 
not a Lakers fan and like didn't start watching the NBA until like 2015 like we all knew like the impact that he had and like how he like resonated with like basketball players with comedians with actors with writers with artists with literally everyone knew Kobe Bryant in like some capacity because like he loved like learning and like being knowledgeable and like being curious like was I was listening to him being interviewed on like podcasts um the day after the news broke because the way that he was like driven and like wanted to know more about like different things was just it's incredible like how like much drive this man had and how he impacted like people not just in like basketball but like across sports across platforms like he wanted to know like what made people like passionate and like why they did the things that he they did um and I just thought that was so cool and like I wish I like had seen more of that um and like a lot of people pointed out like he was just like starting that like new chapter of his life because he had lived those like 20 years as a Laker like made the like impact that he did five time like NBA champ like two-time Olympian like he did like those things and is going to be known for that in like the NBA world um but what was it um Elle McDonough Elle Duncan Elle Duncan um she posted that video and like I went down the rabbit hole of like the girl dad trend and like started sobbing because it's it was just so powerful to see that that kind of thing too and like so many like fathers proud of like the daughters that they have um your dad posted it Mm -hmm. and I was like don't cry (laughs) (laughs) um and I guess like if my dad was on social media he'd probably do that too because like I'm the one that made him a dad um so like seeing like those kind of things was just like like that part of his life was taken away too like he was starting to he just when he was talking and like these interviews he was just so passionate about like writing and I think that like resonated in, with like the both of us because like Hannah obviously like loves this like it's how she expresses herself and like it's just something that she's been doing for like two decades like <laughs> probably <laughs> since she could like pick up a pencil um and like I didn't know like I had that like within me but like I just recently like grown into it like myself like it's something that I also enjoy so like hearing that like he was doing that like off the court while also like advocating for like women's athletics was just like he was paving the way for that and that was taken away and then like Hannah said like the fact that Gianna was on the plane too is just absolutely heartbreaking you could see how much she had her dad's like spirit and like fire for life like in her um and just the fact that she was taken too soon is absolutely devastating. And of course, um, the other what is it, seven on the plane? I I can't even imagine like the um was he the head coach of OCC baseball, him and his wife and one of their daughters were on the um helicopter as well, and they left behind two kids. So two kids got orphaned and lost a sister on that day and that like absolutely wrecked me I could not even like fathom that kind of thing um the other assistant coach that was coaching with Kobe um 
a mother and a daughter were also on the helicopter, and that left behind a father and I believe like two or three other girls. And I can't even imagine what those families are going through at this time. Obviously, the pilot as well lost a family, and I, like Hannah said, like the fact that we've all just given each other like the room and the space to just grieve because we've all like can relate to Kobe in like a different aspect of life but we can also like relate and I know it's morbid in a weird way but like with this mortality that we all had um that we all have and that maybe we've lost a loved one um in any like form whether it's like tragic or like a disease or like any kind of those things like we've all experienced death but like seeing the life force like Kobe Bryant leave um it's just like been on my mind is just how it just wrecks us to like we're all afraid of dying and like being reminded of mortality is like something we don't like to do but being able to like kind of like process it together um it's it's been great and really healthy honestly Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's if we didn't do that like I don't know like how I would be the current moment yeah I think it's, like, so healthy that the world just kind of stopped. Because Mm -hmm. I think, and I think a lot of things happen where maybe the world should stop, but we don't give ourselves that space. So I do think part of mourning Kobe was that, like, we finally had the space to mourn maybe other things that had been pushed aside as well. Mm -hmm. I think that was a big part of it. Um, And, like, one more thing I want to say is that if you're someone who feels helpless in situations like this, which I often do, especially given that, Kobe, like, they didn't want for anything. Like, it's it's not something you can channel your energy into, like, stop, like, drunk driving or don't text while driving, like, or, like, raise money for, like, cancer awareness. Like, they, there's nothing you can do, and that can be a really scary thing. Mm-hmm. So I just encourage, like, everyone to channel that energy into whatever they can. Um, there are a lot of really great foundations that help girls play basketball, which is something that Kobe and Gianna were really, really passionate about. Mm-hmm. So whether or not you have a lot of money, it that might be a great way to channel some of that energy and just that can help your morning process to give some money to one of those foundations. Obviously, if you don't feel called to do that, like you don't need to feel guilty about it, but it mm-hmm. could be something that helps you feel a lot better. Or just like trying to carry on, like not to be cheesy, but like the mama mentality as you live your life, like that's the best way to carry on his legacy and Gigi's legacy as well. So I feel that. I mean, even when I was listening to him talking about the Mamba mentality, I was like, I can apply this to, like, getting myself out of the University of Michigan. Yeah. Like, I, if I just, like, put, like, the fact that, like, I failed, like, a plethora of times here. And, like, if you listened to, like, two episodes ago, <laughs> like, you know my stats. And But, like, if I... Because the way he was talking about, like, failure and using that as like a tool like he liked losing and failing the most because that just gave you the most opportunity to learn and like usually I just let it like sink in on myself and like let it consume me but like approaching it and like that aspect is something like he said I can't remember what interview it was but he's like it's not a thing you think about it's like a behavior it's something you have to actively do Mm-hmm. And if, like, you want it enough, like, you're going to put in the effort to do it. It just takes, like, learning how to make it a behavior. And I don't, I just felt really good about it, like, afterwards. And I was like, you can just, like, I, the thing that frustrates me the most about, like, failing or, like, giving up is, like, 
if I don't do if I don't know how to do it or like I don't I'm not good at it like I won't do it and like obviously that gets me in really tough situations where like I have failed classes because of that because if I don't know what's going on like I'm not gonna do it because I don't like not knowing how to do something but like if I just like flipped it and just said all right I need I don't know how to do this at all this is where I have to hone in and like focus and work on it and I think that just like really resonated with me and like it's just like a small goal but like it can definitely be like implemented in any aspect of life in all honesty like literally listen to like anything that he said in the past like two years it's insane (laughs) like how knowledgeable this guy is Mm -hmm. um and it will literally live on and like i i like how that's how i associate with kobe bryant now um because he really offered things to learn from and obviously he wasn't perfect Mm -hmm. um a lot of people have brought up like the dark parts of his past and like i think it's like necessary but also there's like a time and space for that um and i I, yeah i think an important part of that too is that he apologized and used it to make him better not that Mm -hmm. that excuses it but Mm -hmm. there are plenty of cases where they don't apologize and they Mm -hmm. don't use it to make them better so that's just like if you've done something horrible don't let that ruin you like go on and be better mm-hmm. and that's the only option you have do, yeah. yeah um and yeah just like what a cool legacy that if something happens to him which it did that, that that's what we all remember is mm-hmm. like that mentality and his desire to be better and that he's even after he's gone he's still inspiring all of us so that's just a reminder to like live in a way that not to be morbid but to live in a way that if something happens to you like that's what people will remember they'll be like oh like I want to live life the way she did and inspire others or whatever that might be for you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's all we have. Um, if y'all want to like talk to us about any of it, yeah. we're like down for that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because it's been really hard. It's been a really hard week in sports. I've cried like four times. Mm-hmm. Like today's like the first day I haven't cried since Sunday. I cried today. <laughs> I was, like, just all the videos that have come out and, like, everything, like, it's really hard. And, like, obviously, like, we didn't know Kobe personally. And, like, the only reason why I get Lakers notifications is because Mo was on the team and I forgot to turn it off. Um, <laughs> but, like, it it doesn't matter, like, if we knew him or not. Like, it still rings true. It could happen to anybody. And, like, I, it's awful and terrifying. But, like... It goes beyond sports, and it goes beyond, like, it goes to, like, our very, like, own human nature. And, like, we all need to help each other out more, and I think that's what this week has been mm-hmm, for, for a lot sure. of people. And, like, yeah, it's totally healthy and normal to be really upset right now because we've been constantly bombarded with reminders of our own mortality this week. And that's mm-hmm. not something that's easy to constantly be digesting. So it's, regardless of, like, of the impact that Kobe had on your life while he was alive, it's still okay to mourn his death and mourn whatever else you're mourning at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. That's all we got from you, and go blue. Go blue. Yeah.